Welcome to the Inner Ray Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss how relationships are the most meaningful part of life. Join us every week to hear inspiring stories of people living through their inner ray. We invite you to find the radiant, authentic energy that lives inside you to make your life and relationships easier. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Inner Ray podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about trusting the peace. Mm. I'm Katie, and I'm so excited to be here with you all. And I'm Erin, and we are your co-host today, and I am very excited about this topic. Mm. However, before we get into this amazing topic, I just want to let you guys know Katie and I had a really wonderful planning meeting for our upcoming retreat. Our retreat is going to be called Amplify Your Authenticity in Carmel by the Sea. And the big picture schedule, the journey of the retreat participant is day one is focused on grounding and connecting to yourself, to the environment, to the other retreat participants, to Katie and I. Day two, we are going to be helping you anchor and commit. And then day three is when we look at cultivation and expansion of your capacity. It was so fun to start planning the retreat. If you have questions, please reach out. The dates are November 9th through the 13th. And we will definitely have more info soon. Join our mailing list so that you're the first to hear about it. You can do that on our website. All right. Back to the podcast episode. First of all, I just want to say I'm so excited about the retreat. And hopefully we'll get to meet any of you listeners in person. So that really excites me. And it relates to the topic today, which is all about trusting the peace. And I think what would be helpful before we dive into the juice of this is, Aaron. I want to know when we were talking about what to go into this week, you were sharing a story that inspired you to tell me about peace and how it showed up in your life and how it showed up in clients' lives and different different parts of your community. So I'm wondering if you would share with everybody what inspired you to want to chat about this topic today. Yeah, thank you. So I was at a gathering of mm-hmm. friends and I was sharing about my most recent experience with the way chaos and sabotage shows up through relationships that I've picked that are familiar to my nervous system, to my energy field from what I grew up with in childhood. And I've recently released one of those relationships and talking about how difficult that was and the space in my life, the void in my life that it feels like Mm -hmm. it left. And I heard somebody else share shortly thereafter that for them, after they got out of their marriage and they were starting to rebuild their life, that they would wake up in the middle of the night panicking because it was like Mm -hmm. so quiet and peaceful. And that person then shared, what I've learned is to trust the peace. When she said that, it like hit me between the eyes. And I was like, wow, trust the peace. What a beautiful topic. So therein lies today's podcast episode. Mm -hmm. 
Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I'm a student of the Gene Keys. And I'm going to give a little bit of a framing for this because I think it is a beautiful illustration of how we move from conflict and chaos into peace and what different things in our lives try to pull us back into conflict and how when that happens what, what do we do how do we build capacity within our nervous system to be able to sit in the void because a lot of the times when we're feeling peace we're not doing anything we're accepting and surrendering the flow of life and that can be a shock to the system when we've had to be in hypervigilance and when we've been having to manage chaos internally or externally in our relationship. So with Gene Keys, the path to peace requires breaking out of conflict. So the shadow of peace is conflict. And the gift that you have to practice to build capacity to hold the peace is diplomacy. What I mean by that is conflict stems from the human emotional system and our inability to handle the voltage of extreme emotional states. And so conflict breaks out when you start to identify with that emotional state. And it takes us into this biofeedback loop back to our nervous system of like nervousness and defensiveness. That's a lot for our system to constantly handle. And so ultimately that's rooted in this like idea that you have to defend yourself from danger. And so trusting the peace is hard because our systems used to defending ourselves from danger and that's what keeps us alive and so what what i was hearing you talking about is how you you have this relationship in your life and a lot of your energy subconsciously was going towards managing this chaos and then all of a sudden something happened that showed you no longer that you could tolerate this and so you had a choice to make. In that choice, you were able to see the enormous amount of life energy that was tied up in protecting yourself from a volatile emotional situation that was waiting to catch on fire. And I'm assuming, I know a little bit about it, but there was some sort of fire moment and there was something that brought this all to the surface. And so the gift, like I was saying, that takes us from conflict to peace is diplomacy. So it's about dropping your defenses having the ability to adjust your own behavior so you can create a harmonious exchange with yourself and with others and having the ability to temper your own actions internally and externally to disperse the conflict. And so that comes back to creating ways to accept and absorb conflict rather than feed the beast. So how do you, and I'm curious, two questions, we can take this either stream is one, at what point do you decide enough is enough? And two, what are some ways that you work with clients that help them choose peace over feeding the beast? Yeah, great question. So I'll start with the first one. Mm -hmm. Enough is enough. What, yeah. What's so fascinating about this, because I see it in myself and I often see it in others, when I am buffering chaos and sabotage within myself or a relationship or a situation is causing me to sabotage my relationship with myself or the chaos with myself, it can be so much harder for that to be enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Typically, there needs to be something outside of me where I see the chaos and the sabotage being externalized before 
I'm able to say this relationship causes me to lose sleep or this situation that I'm in is giving me anxiety. That's usually not enough, which I'm sad to say. I hope that I become someone where that is enough. And Mm -hmm. I, I do feel like I'm moving towards that. But in this specific example that I was speaking about, what really happened was I saw the impact on someone else. Mm-hmm. So it was a situation where I brought a third party in and I witnessed the dynamic with the third party person that I felt responsible and protective of. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the dynamic being played out in this other person, of course, it gave me insight into the ways it was playing out within myself. But until mm-hmm. I saw it outside of me in another person, it was really hard for me to see, wow, this is chaos. This is conflict. Mm -hmm. This is sabotage. This is not good for that person. Therefore, is it really good for me? Mm -hmm. So that, that was the first thing. The second thing for me was that in this specific instance, it was connected to money, finances, and my professional reputation. And so I don't want to drop into it in too much detail, but those things for me are like my professional reputation and my journey through financial solvency and financial hygiene, those things are sacred to me. I've worked years to build my brand, my company, my reputation. I've spent years preparing to be an entrepreneur and a business owner because I was not given a lot of financial advantages growing up. So when I saw that this dynamic that I was in started to harm the financial piece and that it started to sabotage me professionally and financially, that was also when I was like, you know what? I don't need this stuff in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. And many clients, I hear them hit the same threshold when it maybe impacts their children or it impacts their connection with a partner, or it impacts a pet or another loved one. I know for me, like I said, there are times where my peace is enough. But when I when there's good sides to the dynamic and, and good things about the other person or the other situation that is causing chaos and conflict, it can be like, yeah, I lost some sleep and yeah, I have some anxiety, but also there's all these good things. And then, so when I see it externalized onto someone else and I still see it happening, I'm like, you know what? I think enough is enough. So Hmm. that is my answer for your first question. Beautiful. Before you jump into number two, I just want to highlight a few things that I think are important for everybody listening. One is, you know, obviously I know Aaron is one of the best coaches and holders of space that I've ever met in my entire life. You have the ability to do that for yourself now and you have learned to see everything in your life as a lesson. But for anybody listening who maybe doesn't have a coach yet, what is so important about what you just described is with coaching, you get to externalize what is playing out in your inner world so you can actually see the chaos. Like I mentioned before, and like I heard in your story, when chaos is what you're used to, is what your nervous system is used to, you don't realize that it's not normal. 
<laughs> and so a lot of the times you need someone else to hold a space for you where you can actually feel this frequency, this vibration of peace to start to be like, ooh, like this doesn't actually resonate at all. And do I want to live with this? And is it worth living with this in my life? And if it's not, how do I learn to come into right relationship with it? And going back to you mentioned addiction at the beginning of this, we think of addiction a lot of the time in these extreme situations, but it can just literally be as simple as addiction to conflict and to chaos as a vibration. And so how can you look at these different feelings in your life? And how can you start to get in tune with the more subtle ways that conflict and chaos show up in your nervous system? And so some of the things that are coming to my mind is you feel ner nervy, you feel like tense, edgy, unrelaxed, tight. And that's not who you are. But a lot of the times, again, when we're used to chaos, we're used to feeling those things. So we don't pay attention to it. But ultimately, those things are holding us back from stepping into our fullest potential and living from our inner radiance, our most authentic, unapologetic nature. So I just wanted to raise that. And as we talk about coaching, and this relates to the second question, which I will put back out there again, is what are some of the ways that inner right curriculum helps with building a better connection with this conflict and chaos and potential sabotage that is playing out? And how do the different um, pieces of curriculum help build capacity in our nervous system to allow us to surrender and cultivate peace? Yeah, thank you, Katie, for that. Pretty much every tool in the NRA curriculum is designed to bring you back to this inner peace, this inner radiant, authentic energy. So mm -hmm. for starters, considering all dimensions, so the whole reason we have a holistic balancing tool in the curriculum is because trauma, chaos, addiction, whatever kind of disharmony we want to call it, creates a nervous system shift where we are more in the, the amygdala, we're more in the mm -hmm. limbic system. And when we are in that portion of our brain, when that is the part of our brain that is firing and controlling our behavior and our perspective, everything becomes tunnel vision, everything becomes myopic. And that makes sense, because that's the part of our brain that is designed to help us survive. If we were being attacked, we wouldn't want to pay attention to anything but the thing attacking us. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. However, the disadvantage to that in this world where, where we're not being attacked or chased down by a tiger is that when we overfocus on the problem, we get more of the problem. So what considering all dimensions does is it helps you look at things emotionally, physically, intellectually, financially, relationally, and spiritually. To go back to something I've talked about many times on here, when I was in grad school and I was miserable and I didn't understand why I was in survival mode. If I had used this curriculum, I would have seen that the only area of my life being nurtured by this situation was intellectual. Mm -hmm. And even there, I was getting harassed and abused. So mm -hmm. even there, I was feeling like crap about myself. But if I had looked just zoomed out and been like, is this good for me emotionally? No. Is this good for me physically? No. Is this good for me relationally? No. Is this good for me spiritually, financially? Absolutely not. The only area that was getting any benefit from the situation was intellectual. And because for me, intellectual was how I survived my childhood, it makes sense that I ended up in that situation. Once I understood that 
from a holistic perspective, when I considered all the dimensions, there was nothing good about that situation for me. It was like, okay, so would I rather have something that's maybe less intellectually stimulating, less really less advantageous to my egoic version of intellectual, but more advantageous to myself holistically, then the peace can come in because mm-hmm. I don't have to live in this conflict with myself and with harmony and with balance in order to achieve something. Mm. That's one of the tools. And one of the ways there's many other ways you can use that tool, but that to me is one of the simplest ways I bring clients. I bring myself back to peace or get clarity on where the conflict, the disharmony, the sabotage, the chaos is happening because it gives you that broader, more neutral perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is anxiety, chaos, conflict is deeply embedded in our whole system. So what we're doing by introducing these tools into your life is giving you a way to shift what you've been focusing your mind on subconsciously into a conscious, ooh, okay, I'm aware of this thing happening. How can I consciously engage with this and come into right relationship with it and be diplomatic with it and meet it with tenderness, meet it with compassion, meet it with your whole self, a holistic approach rather than just potentially the one dimension of you that has been overdeveloped because of what you've experienced in your life. That's a really beautiful thing. The other one that's coming to mind is anatomy of relationship, which has to do with building capacity. So curious how you think that one comes into play here. I'll give a perfect example. I had a client one time and he really struggles with commitment in relationships. Mm-hmm. It was actually his dad that said this. I can't take full credit for it, but mm-hmm. it lined up beautifully with the anatomy, which his dad said to him, connection without commitment is chaos. And At the time, I was actually developing the anatomy of relationship, and I had already come up with the three C's of connection, commitment, and capacity. And I was like, holy crap, that's exactly what I'm trying to illustrate in this anatomy, that Mm -hmm. if you get out of balance in any of those three C's, or you don't have awareness of those three C's, it can lead to chaos. So if you want to have peace, it's not necessarily that you have to change the three C's. You can, that would be great. But even just being aware that's happening, if I am feeling like I don't have relational peace, I can examine what is the quality of the connection with this person? What is the quality of the commitment with this person? And how much capacity do I have or do they have for this relationship? And so once I have that awareness, I get choice. And then after choice comes peace. Now, Mm -hmm. in between there, there might be grief, there might be anger, there might be resentment, there there are tons of other emotions that that swim around in between there. But at least for me, once I have an understanding of what's happening, I can usually find and cultivate some peace. Hmm. Beautiful. I think what's important here, instead of focusing on the chaos, looking at a flower in your house, it can be feeling a soft blanket, it can be anything that makes your nervous system feel a sense of peace and groundedness and calm and safety because that ultimate rewiring is what we're looking for. I was thinking about this because I've used this tool a lot recently mm. with a couple of clients. We have a tool called Full Circle. Mm. God, I love this one. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about this much on this podcast yet. 
full circle as a tool helps with what we call euphoric recall. Mm. Often what will happen for me, for my clients, for so many people is you start to experience peacefulness. You start to experience calm and the nervous system is unfamiliar with that. It starts to do like a little trip down memory lane. It starts to have these positive flashbacks of these relationships or these situations that, oh, I really was happy when I was dating that person. So now that I have all this peace and this calm and I'm not used to it, how can I just bring this situation back in? Because the euphoric parts of the relationship are not stored in the same parts of the brain where the negative information is. Yes, you might've had euphoria in this relationship. You might've had intense connection. There are going to be good things about this person, this place, this thing. And you collected a lot of data that led to the reason why you're not in that situation anymore. Mm -hmm. So without giving it away, you'll have to reach out to us directly if you want to know how the whole exercise goes. It's an activity to bring those two sets of data into one place so that your brain can see it and create the wiring from the limbic system to the prefrontal cortex so they're connected. And there can be this pathway that when you have that euphoric recall, when you're in that nostalgia, when you're in that longing for something that once was, you're able to have that pathway to the prefrontal cortex that says, yes, and, right? Like good DBT skills here. Mm -hmm. Yes, and yes, that person was exciting and fun and interesting and loving. And they were abusive, chaotic. It was full of conflict. They weren't going to therapy. They would often forget to call you, whatever it is, whatever the negatives were you are able to keep them connected in this exercise and therefore strengthen the pathways in your brain that connect them such mm -hmm. that you're less likely to sabotage and re-engage with, with a person, place, or thing where you already have the data mm -hmm. that it causes sabotage, it causes conflict, it causes chaos, and, and it robs you of peace, which mm -hmm. is what we're here to grow on the planet is my belief. Yep. And I absolutely agree with that. And what I'm hearing in that example is another thing, the discernment between intensity and intimacy. Mm -hmm. So just everybody listening, sit in the difference between those two things in your system, feel into the places in your life that feel really intense. And is that actually what you're seeking? Or are you seeking more intimacy? And if that resonates with you, we are both here to help you figure out how to shift into deeper intimacy with yourself and in relationships. I love that idea of intensity versus intimacy. And I often will bring people to the map of consciousness to mm -hmm. talk about another tool, which is when people say intensity, they usually are speaking to the consciousness of desire mm -hmm. or craving or mm -hmm. longing. Um, it has more of an addiction quality to it right? I can't get enough of this person. I can't stop mm -hmm. thinking about this person or this thing versus love, which is a very high vibration. And in the consciousness of love, in the consciousness of joy, that form of intimacy, right? Because intimacy is just closeness. It doesn't have to be sexual intimacy mm -hmm. when we use that word. 
that form of intimacy is not addictive. It's very high vibrational. When we confuse desire with love, when we confuse intensity for intimacy, we are robbing ourselves of peace because peace mm-hmm. is a very high vibration. Chaos and sabotage is low vibration. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, this is all about how much capacity do you have for high vibrational states? Mm-hmm. And how do you cultivate and grow that capacity? Wonderful. I'm hearing the importance of building a gentle inner rhythm and engaging with practices that soothe your nervous system and getting used to feeling peace was challenging because as you start to feel peace, you start to see all the different ways that you were sabotaging yourself. And there's a lot of feeling that comes along with that. I think we can close this one out and end with our question. Name someone in the public eye broadcasting their inner ray, inspiring you to live your most radiant, authentic, and I'm going to add in peaceful life. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't know this person personally, but, Mm -hmm. and I hope I'm saying her name correctly, Pema Chodron or Pima Mm. Chodron. I I never know exactly how to say it, Um, but she has a book called When Things Fall Apart. Mm. And it's all about what to do in the blank slate of just everything falling apart and sitting there with yourself. What I love about her book and her work is that it is about building capacity with self, with feelings, with the unknown. And so often what I've noticed with people when they bring sabotage and chaos back in, it's because they're uncomfortable with things like death unknown, uncertainty, starting over, things falling apart, that when those things happen, our culture says, go Mm -hmm. to therapy, go figure everything out. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you shouldn't get support. There is this element of just being with yourself that she really promotes in her writing, in her talks, in her work. And yes, she's just somebody that I think of when I think about cultivating and trusting peace, Pima Chodron. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I actually don't, I've, I don't know her. So I'm going to spend some time after this diving into her work. Um, That excites me. So thank you for sharing. Thank you everybody for listening to this week's podcast. And we look forward to having you back next week. Thanks for a great episode, Katie. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Our mission is to empower people to live their most radiant, authentic lives. If this sounds exciting to you, join our community by subscribing to our podcast, joining our email newsletter, following us on social media, or sending us a message to find out more. We would love to hear from you. See you next week.